All right. Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. This is episode 43, and Rhett Bauer is joining me to go through some Dynasty stuff. We're going to have a live Q&A here, hopefully be able to do this more than just this one time, but this is going to be the very first one, um, and hopefully it'll bring some more Dynasty content to the industry where everybody can have a good uh, place to ask questions and hopefully get some answer. I know Rhett's already awesome about answering dynasty questions, both on Twitter and in a number of discords and a number of leagues. Uh, so he's I'm also going to answer your questions here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm awesome at responding to them. I don't know if my answers are always awesome, but <laughs> generally good answers, always responding. Hopefully it works out if it's not, or if it doesn't work out, it's not Rhett's fault. That's what right. he's saying. Yes. Um, before we get in, we already have a few questions, but we're going to probably let a few more come in before we get started on those. We're going to try a fun exercise of discussing a dynasty trade uh, live on the show. So no idea how this is going to go, but I don't think we're far off from our initial discussions, which is why this is going to hopefully work out. It's not an hour back and forth of us just totally disagreeing on the value of how this should look, but Rhett, I'll, I'll let you make your initial offer uh, to me. All right. So this is in my uh, weekly league that has two guards, two forwards, a center, and two flex spots. And so if those of you are not familiar with how weekly leagues work, uh, you put your players in there and they just sit for an entire weekly matchup. And in our league, I have uh, a pretty good team, but... I was uh, relying on Ben Simmons to be one of my only guards, which uh, has not been favorable to me lately. I have Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, and Gordon Hayward as my other guard. And so uh, I'm really hurting on the guard department. I've got guys like Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Denny Avdia, and Siakam as forwards. So trying to uh, trying to supplement that on the winning now side of things. And so Noah and his... Uh, preseason brilliance with all of the Derek white <laughs> hype uh, had, had Derek white in every league. I think I'm in with him, which is just absolutely fantastic. I love and respect that dedication to a player as I have uh, DeJounte Murray in every league, but one, I think. And so I sent him uh, Denny Avdia and stuff. I have a variety of stuff I'm trying to get a deal for Derek white figured out. Um, and so I sent, I think I sent Denny and Max Christie plus a couple other, like a pick. Maybe I sent Denny and Pat will, uh, Denny and Ben Simmons was my most recent offer. And Noah came back asking what I would put uh, in, either instead of Simmons or alongside Simmons. And so that is kind of where we are at right now. Yeah, because I think. I've slowly started to talk myself into Denny a little bit more. I was pretty, I have been low on him past couple of years. I think I liked him coming out of the drafts and then he's been pretty disappointing, but he's been better this year. Um, and my team is very middle of the pack. I'm 14th right now. Um, looks like I'll sneak into the playoffs. Not bad enough to get a high pick, not good enough to be one of the contenders uh, like Rhett's team. Um, I have Lowry Markinen, who's been hurt a little bit. Walker Kessler has been hurt a little bit. Bojan Bogdanovic, who's hurt a lot. Uh, Colin Sexton's starting to take, like, play well. Uh, Derek White has been phenomenal. I had, think I have him in almost every dynasty league I'm in and zero redraft leagues, which is, you know, about the opposite of what you want. But not that he's bad in dynasty, but I think, you know, redraft would have been a little nicer. 
Um, uh, can no confirm idea. industry pickup. I have him as he was my oh sixth my round goodness. pick. I think I can confirm. It's nice to have him. Oh gosh. Yeah. That, uh, that would have been nice to have. I could really use that right now instead of my Jordan pool, fourth round pick and in industry pickup. Oof. It happens, but, uh, yeah. So I don't really know exactly what I want to do with this team yet, but I think moving Derek white while his value high is a good idea. I think I'm just hoping to get first round picks back. So, if I'm not mistaken, you've already traded your 2024 first in that league. Correct. Um, which I don't remember the exact deal for that, but it's part of the reason you're fifth in the league. And I believe 15 games ahead of me in yep. the standings. And so that means, is it the rule, the, uh, the step in rule? Yep. Yeah. Okay. But I do have the, uh, the 2024 second of the fate de Compli, I think is what his team name is. I don't know where he is in the standings. Um, gotta go down. He is currently last. And so that will be, he's it's, it's him and uh, my buddy, Derek, the Indianapolis Olympians are within one game of each other for last and second to last in like six or so games uh away from the third or fourth uh best lottery odds and the thing with this league though too is that i believe yeah we have two matchups and so that that six game uh deficit isn't as big as you might think because you know that's you went you do two five fours yeah that gets two seven twos and that's now like tied i think that math checks out but um so yeah the i have the 31st pick at the moment but uh i think it's probably 30 where 31 35 at, at any point there yeah and looking at it the way you got denny and that pick was the massive victor Wembanyama trade at the beginning of the year where you got yeah. kd pascal siakam anthony davis for Wemby, which was pretty and insane Bilal. And Bilal. and Bilal, I sent out Koulibaly. Don't I think that that goes underrated, especially with, like at <laughs> the beginning also, of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Chris Duarte, Pacers legend. That's fair. You had, did have to part with him, so <laughs> I know that hurt. Um, He's starting for the Kings now. <laughs> okay, so a little bit more of an even trade, and it has worked out because now he's in line to potentially pick first this year. Um, and then I actually got Derek White as well as. Uh, a first in 2025 from Mike Waterloo and Colin Sexton for Mark Williams. So now Ooh. I have a chance. Yeah. I, I didn't love it at the time. Cause I, don't, I was like, I don't really like Colin Sexton, but he's been really good. So yeah, now I'm not opposed to swinging Derek white. Uh, but I think that 2024 second and your 2026 first would be an ideal return alongside yeah. Denny. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the funny thing about your team specifically is you have three players on the Jazz, yes, and then Boyan on the Pistons, former Jazz, former Jazz legend, <laughs> and then and then you have AJ Griffin, who I thought would be really good. He has not played. You have Grady Dick and Jet Howard, who both are also not really playing, and so. And then Mason Plumley coming back from injury and Duop Reef was a great pickup by you. So I, all I'm saying is you are currently in the playoff picture, but if you decided to pivot, you could, you could <laughs> plummet down the standings, especially as uh, the jazz, you know, start getting players hurt because it seems like that's the way they're going to go. So um, yeah, just another little, little caveat there. The other yeah. thing I was looking at, I didn't know if you'd have any interest in moving, um, a Boyan or a Harrison Barnes. I don't know for sure if I would 
be willing to pay for them because I, like I said, I have tons of forwards and even getting rid of uh, guys like Denny, I would still have, I still have Pat will on the bench and I have Neesmith on the bench. And so I got forwards out the wazoo. And so I wasn't sure what it would cost to get them, but I figured if you're going to go younger, that maybe that would be a good way to balance things out as well. Yeah. I don't think I'd be opposed to moving either of them. Probably easier to get Harrison Barnes. If you want to, expand the trade get Derek white and harrison bars are you talking about a separate deal uh i would just i didn't know what what sort of balancing act we'd be trying to pull off there so i'm gonna go ahead and send you denny and the two picks and then uh we can we can hash out the rest of that if needed um i didn't know if there were any other young players you like for me i've got uh a a hodgepodge of them like with down to the adama sonogo isaiah mobley uh Kendall Brown, Justin Lewis, just absolute juggernaut of a of a minors eligibility group. Um so I didn't know if if any of those guys were of interest to you. Is Max Christie included in that group of young guys? Man, I I I genuinely thought that Max Christie would end up be starting for this Lakers team. And I still think that that's, that's in the cards because if you look at their roster, they have only so many players who can pass dribble and shoot and defend. And Max Christie is one of the four players who can do all of those things, including Austin Reeves, LeBron and AD. And so I, Max Christie is not untouchable. However, uh, depending on, like if I'm sending all of my, you know, my best pick this year and my 2026, that locks me out of moving any other picks until my 2028 becomes available. And so I'd rather not move Max Christie, uh, especially not for a guy like Harrison Barnes. And that's fair. Okay. So then what if it was Bogdanovich and Derek White for Christie, Denny, the second and the first? I I'm nervous about where Bogdanovich is going to end up going. If, if Boyan had guard eligibility, I think I would do that pretty easily just to get some scoring, um, some threes for my team who is pretty rough in threes at the moment. Uh, but I don't know if, if Boyan at 34, uh, he turns 35 in April. I'm probably going to stay away from Boyan with the, with the, with Christie as the, as the piece there, I think. That's fair then. So we're looking at Derek White for Denny and two picks as of right now, then. Seems that way. Yeah. And to be, and to be honest, like obviously White has been insane this year. And I don't think there's any reason to believe he wouldn't continue to be, but I love Denny. I love Denny. I've been on his hype train. He's just the exact kind of player I have problems quitting because he is, he's a good passer. He's a good defender and he can't shoot. Like those are, that is (laughs) like, that is, that is exactly my kind of player. Um, But I also think like, if it was up to me, it would be Denny and Bilal. Like those would be the two. Like obviously that's horrible shooting, but those are their two best players for where they want to end up going. Obviously Kuzma and Poole are where they are, but they are, uh, I think unserious is the buzzword for them. And that is exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. No, I think that that's funny because the defending passing and can't, shoot like you also offered me ben simmons so that really does correct i told you yep that's funny um 
Cool. Yeah. You know what? I'll do it. Uh, not saying I dislike it, but let's do it for the hype of the, uh, of doing it live <laughs> on the show. Send me it. Let's, let's do it. And, I'll, uh, and then if anybody's interested, that's in that league, Harrison Barnes and Boyan Bogdanovich would immediately be on the trade block. And I believe Colin Sexton would be as well. Yeah, no, I, and I think it, I genuinely do think it like, obviously some people are probably gonna look at it and be like, Oh my gosh, that's way low for a guy who's like top 30 on the year, maybe even higher than that on white. Yeah, he's 20th. Like, a 2026 pick from a team that now has drew holiday, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, and uh, Ben Simmons. Like those are the guys I'm relying on to be good. And if you think that in two years that the, all of those guys are still going to be good, I I would love your optimism, genuinely. <laughs> that was honestly like part of the reason I was looking at a future pick was that you have older guys that have injury history. Derek White will be 30 at the end of the year. So, and this is obviously he's playing phenomenal, but could be considered a sell high considering he's been kind of outskirts of top 100 or like just inside top 100 over yeah. the past few seasons. So. Yeah, uh, Siakam turns 30 before this season is over. KD will turn 36 before next season is starts. AD yeah. will turn 31 in March. Like Drew turns 34 in June. Like I'm going to be so old so fast. And the only, <laughs> and the only young pieces I will have include Max Christie, uh, Aaron Neesmith, and Patrick Williams. Like that's going to be it. And so – your boys, your boys really going for it, which was kind of the point of the of, of trading Wimbanyama, right? Like I took him mm-hmm. first overall in the startup. I didn't plan to trade him, but when when a guy comes through and is like, "Hey, I've got AD and KD, would you trade Wimbanyama for him?" I was like, "No," but you also have Siakam, and if I'm gonna if I'm gonna trade now, the best dynasty asset out there, uh, I've got to be able to win it all, and that's kind of where we've ended up. Yeah, and Derek White will help you do that even more, be able to push oh, cool. that agenda. Um, and then the last question before I accept this trade is, since we're matched up this week, you're not just doing this to try and steal a win out of me and keep Derek White off of playing against you. <laughs> I am currently 5-3-1 and one this week, yeah. uh, and I have we both only have four games played. I've got AD and Siakam <laughs> tonight to your Harrison Barnes, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Duop Reith, so I think I'll be okay. But but uh, if This is Duop Reith erasure, and I, don't, I won't stand for it. Oh, uh, you can sit down, man. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's... It doesn't have any... I honestly didn't even look to see if we were playing each other. Yeah. I think that's just a, a funny little twist on things as as these things usually go those are always the best yep all right so i just locked in the trade that has happened and now we will actually get into questions because we have a handful to do 15 do minutes in and so we have 45 minutes to go through some of these so the first one here from guy colin sexton second year after injury has been putting up great scoring and percentage numbers what is his dynasty value coming up and is it gonna stay long-term ret where do you have Sexton currently ranked? Yeah, so I just posted my updated uh, dynasty rankings over on my Patreon, uh, Round Ball Rhetoric. And I'll answer the second question first. Is it going to stay long term? I think it's possible that it stays kind of where it is, uh, where it is right now, which to me is in the same group as guys like um, – Dante DiVincenzo, Isaiah Hartenstein, uh, Malik Monk, Zubac, 
guys like that. I think he's also in the same group as guys like Grady Dick, uh, Bryce Sensabaugh, Kobe Bufkin, Jalen Smith. So I have him in, in like a tier 14, which doesn't really mean anything until I give you a number <laughs> for it. So one second. Um, that is right around the 180 mark. And I think that that's pretty reasonable for where for where he projects to be just as a player in the league. Like, I don't know if he's a high level starter, pretty confident that he's not, but he's an efficient scorer that can at least get some assists and not turn the ball over a ton. So I think he's probably around a top 200 dynasty asset, even though um, we've kind of seen him probably have his best season over in Cleveland. Yeah, I have him 158th, so I'm a little bit higher on him. Um, this year, he's 145th in nine cat, past two months, 103rd from Basketball Monster. So I'm a little higher on him. I have like guys like Max Christie and Nikola Jovic right above him, Christian Brown, Spencer Dinwiddie, RJ Barrett right below him. So I think like you kind of hit it on the head with you're going to get points, you're going to get a couple of assists. He's not a great passer. He has been better as of late. Um, and pretty efficient for a six, two guard that shoots as much as he does. So, but that's kind of what you're getting. He's not going to be much better. Uh, he's probably not going to get the opportunity to play 35 minutes a game and score 24 points a game ever again. I think the ideal role may be in sort of a six man role for him as kind of a, just an electric scorer off the bench on a contending team. That would probably be his best fit. If he was on a winning team, obviously Utah is not a winning team right now. Like they're, I think just outside the play in tournament right now. So could he continue to provide top hundred value this season? Yes. He's still only 25. So like there's room for optimism there, but I think, you know, he's not going to be somebody's starting point guard on a championship team or starting shooting guard. He's got to be kind of an electric score off the bench. I think that's probably the archetype that he fits. Yeah. And I think the, the thing to look for is last year with the jazz, right? He played 48 games, 24 minutes a game. And so, he was at like 220 for nine cat. And so he is a guy that, you know, if his, uh, if his role and minutes go away, his value is like exponential, right? Like the more, the more minutes and shots he get, it just, it goes steep climb, but that also works the other way. Cause if those minutes go down, then that volume is just a massive, massive hit. And even last year he was hitting 51% from the field, 39% from three, 82% from the line. So he was a positive in points assists in both percentages and still didn't crack the top 200. So I mean, you could just see the downside there, but, you know, efficient scoring is hard to come by. So even if the dynasty ranking isn't there, the value for your team specifically definitely could push up into the top 150. Yeah, for sure. And he has improved a little bit on the assists and the free throw percentage has been 88 and a half this year, which is, I believe, by far the best of his career. Yes. Uh, generally, it was kind of hovering around 81, 82%. So he's shown improvement. Could he show more? I'm not really seeing much more improvement as far as what he's producing, but it could just kind of hovering around what he's doing. Like you said, could allow him to be valuable in specific categories with specific team builds. All right. We can do another question also from guy Tyler hero still seen by a lot as mediocre at best, even for dynasty. He's been putting top 50 numbers per game this season. Where will you rank him in dynasty considering his age? Um, Rhett, do you want to tell me where you have him ranked? 
Yeah, I am notorious, notoriously low on Tyler Harrow. I always have been, and I don't really <laughs> apologize for it. I just don't think he's actually good. Like, I think he's he's a useful player that he kind of falls in like the Harrison Barnes type role to me, where it's like if you have Harrison Barnes, you are constantly looking to upgrade Harrison Barnes. <laughs> and if you if you don't have Harrison Barnes, I, he's a forward, so it's a little bit different. But it's just yeah. like one of those guys where you're, you're just constantly wanting to upgrade from him, but the rest of the league doesn't value him as much. And we've seen it because the Heat have not been able to pull off any of the seven superstar trades that they've been trying to with Tyler Harrow as the centerpiece. I do think that him being around a top 50 producer is probably about right. I mean, as long as he stays in the role that he has, but how many teams are going to give him 35 minutes a game? And I think like it's 20 shots, something like that. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 18.9. Yeah, exactly. And so I just think that that's pretty unrealistic for most teams. It just so happens that the Heat are devoid of um, scoring as a whole. So he fits in perfectly. So I think uh, top 50 is fine for like per game, but I think towards dynasty, I think I have he's around 75. And I think that that's probably about right. Okay. Is it because he doesn't fit your archetype of plays defense passes and can't shoot because <laughs> he doesn't play defense. Now, not that he's a yeah. horrible defender. He's not a horrible passer, but he can shoot. So maybe that's an issue. Yeah, no, I, I think part of it is, it's just volume driven, right? Like he, he's a pretty good rebounder for his size, which I think really helps. And obviously um, being a good, you know, assist and free throw percentage, like all that stuff. I do struggle with like the shooter type, like the Jordan pool. I, I can't, I just can't never get on board with that. Cause I don't think it's a winning type player. Uh, but I think part of it is that the league doesn't want to put him in the role that the Heat have him in. Otherwise, they would have been interested in getting him back as a center feed centerpiece for one of their superstars. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Like I'm yeah. trying to I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. I think that the Heat trying to upgrade as much as they are while also being better without him playing in some aspects has says something to me. Yeah, I I have him actually at 47, so I am a little higher on him. I do like he is in a situation in Miami where they are struggling to trade him. He has the ultimate green light. He's kind of like free to shoot whenever. Scores a lot, is capable of that. If they are able to swing a trade where they bring in a true superstar to play alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam, then Tyler Hero is probably going to a crappy team where he's also going to see the same volume and is able to shoot a lot. So I kind of see this as like he is benefiting from his scenario a good bit, and he is a genuinely like he's a talented player that is taking advantage of his opportunity. I don't disagree with like the idea of him. Like if I were building a team that I'm saying, okay, I want to go win a championship in the NBA. Like I don't think Tyler hero would be not like for what he is probably like a third option on a team. I don't think I would want him to be a third option on a championship team or a second scoring option, which is actually probably closer to what he is on this team. I believe he's their second leading scorer just by a little bit over bam. So Yes, I agree with that, but I think, you know, looking at it was if looking at dynasty rankings as the next five years, winning now and winning five years from now and every year in between, I think Hero being 24 and then being 29 at the end of this outlook, I think it's a good spot for him. Now, if the scenario changes dramatically, 
then yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to drop him down the rankings, but him being a top 50 guy this year after sitting in trade rumors for, you know, pretty heavy trade rumors for months over the summer and even earlier than that, I think I'm, I'm fine with him as a top 50, but I think this probably is kind of his peak, which is kind of also he's playing his peak basketball. Yeah, no. And I've, Again, I completely agree with the whole, like, hey, he's 24 putting up top 50 numbers. Why is he top 75 in a dynasty ranking mm-hmm. that should be factoring in the future? It's just I just don't believe in his role on good teams. And I will almost always undervalue those players. And, like, I, I say that constantly. And so, like, if anybody's surprised by that when they look at my rankings, like, please, uh, please just don't take that into consideration. I do have a little bit of bias against that sort of stuff, but I also just think the league has shown us over and over that they just don't value those kinds of guys. And even a guy like Jordan Poole, who's like, Oh man, he's going to be awesome. He's going to go to a bad team and he's going to shoot 42% from the field and get zero steals and zero blocks because he just, he does not care about anything other than getting shots up and actually getting done with the game. So he can go do other things. (laughs) That's quite the, uh, the comparison there, but I think that's also important when looking at dynasty rankings and who's ranking them is like, you have certain things you look for, but also that kind of helps. I don't know. I guess the community in general, having different perspectives on things like that's totally fine that you're lower on him. I I get it. So there's probably, I know the first two guys that seem to be higher on than you, but there, I'm sure there's other guys that that kind of flips, but um, we can look at another guy that kind of, I don't know, fits sort of the same criteria or at least does in my mind what is your opinion on Anthony Simons another guy that is a high volume scorer slash shooter um where do you have him ranked I guess to start I have Simons at 67 and I actually I do admit that that is probably too low so actually let me let me go through this a little bit I have tiers I have all of my stuff set in tiers and so Anthony Simons is at the back end of tier seven, which spans from 57 to 71. So Simons could be anywhere in there. Hero is at the top of a tier that goes from 72 down to 87. And so there is a, there's a, there's a difference between the two in my eyes. Simons, I think is more capable of being a primary option on offense, like running an offense, not just doing his own thing within the offense, if that makes sense. Like I think Simon's um, they're not that much different. And you could probably argue that hero has a better fantasy game because he rebounds and gets more steals. But I think Simon's with the volume that he has, which again, you could argue changes with the role. Uh, Simon's volume is, uh, is pretty absurd. And his free throw percentage is just elite, elite. Um, I, I don't think there's probably that much of a difference between them, but I think Simons is closer to a building block with Portland than Hero is to the Heat, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like Simons more. Um, he actually is 46th in my ranking, so like one rank above Tyler Hero. I think in my mind they are similar, not exactly what they do, but kind of what they produce with a little bit more, I'd say, playmaking from Simons um, and also probably a better opportunity for him to just straight up produce. Because, you know, even though Miami kind of gives him the ultimate green light, uh, Hero isn't ever going to be the first option on that team when everybody's healthy. Whereas Simons is, in my opinion, clearly the number one option on that team. Uh, Maybe a 1A to Jeremy Grant, 1B 
as far as who should be kind of the leading scorers or leading producers this season, but obviously kind of going through a rebuild who, who knows what's going to happen with Portland at the deadline. I'm assuming they're going to hold on to Simons and keep him around and that he would be part of their future, not just a guy to swing for more picks, but yeah, I like Simons a lot. I, I I've known about him since high school. And I think when I hear about players when I'm young and then I see them doing something in the NBA, then I end up being very high on them just because I've known about them longer. It's how, that's why I'm like, I'm really high on Devin Bissell as well. Cause he uh, played in my region in high school. So played against him a few times a year, never thought he was going to be an NBA guy. And now he's like getting a lot of money because he's really good at what he does. So that's really cool. But another guy that's just kind of in my mind, I'm higher on. Yeah. I, uh, I almost have the opposite effect with some of these guys. Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've played with or against Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Dylan Windler, and a couple other guys from like the Indiana basketball region. Mm. Trace, Trace, I really liked. Unfortunately, traded him for Gordon Hayward, which was dumb, and I knew it at the time. But I needed a guard. Uh, <laughs> and and then then the Windler, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, man, if if I can play like kind of with these guys, like I, I don't know about all of that. But uh, no, it is cool to see guys from high school uh, or just like in general area where you kind of have a personal touch to them and just mm-hmm. chip and just follow that along. Uh, but. Uh, the fact that you're are you higher on Simons and Harrow than you are Vassell? I don't think so. Hold on, let me see. No, I have Vassell at 40. I'm high okay, on heck yeah, which is which might be even, I mean, it is higher than those guys, but yeah, I think yeah. I really like his like one, his general like production, what he's produced, his talent, the way he plays. Like, I enjoy all that and I like all that. think yeah. it fits with winning basketball yeah. and kind of is the number two option on a Spurs team. So yeah. Situation and talent. No, I'm higher on Vassell. I think Where do you have has, him ranked? I have Vassell in tier six, which is from 44 to 56. Uh, uh-huh. I have Vassell around like, the you know, Porzingis, Kyrie, and Brunson are the start of six. And then I've got Jalen Johnson, Jalen Duran, Brandon Ingram, Jabari Smith, and Brandon Miller. Um, I think Vassell has a perfect game to complement as a number two versus mm-hmm. guys like Simons and Harrow, where I don't like if that volume goes away, then you're gonna you're gonna struggle. I think Vassell's improved efficiency this year and uh, defensive historically defensive stats, maybe not so much uh, in the NBA thus far, uh, other than this year. But no, I I, I love Vassell. I, I think he's he's so underrated as a dynasty asset and as a player in general. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of the fantasy community really likes Vassell, so it's always funny to me. I'll you know, just be scrolling on Twitter and see like Spurs fans just complaining about him and wanting mm-hmm. uh, like trashing on him. And basically everybody that's not Wemby trashing on, it's, it's like, well, I would kind of take him out of that and like just say like trash on everybody else and not him and Wemby. Yep. And probably not Trey Jones as much. I get that they have other guys that they're trying to figure things out or whatever, but and Vassell does take like tough shots. So I'm sure if you don't know that he can actually hit those, that it looks bad, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I think it was where, where was it? Who, who put it out there? And I quote tweeted it. It was, uh, yeah. Basketball index top five guards and three points yes. shot quality. Devin Vassell takes the toughest threes of any guard in the NBA, followed up by Luka Doncic, Tyrese Maxey, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Devin Booker. One of those things is not like the other and it's not Vassell. <laughs> I'll let you uh, fill in the blank for who that uh, <laughs> other uh, one might be. He, he's got cryptocurrency as his contract. <laughs> about that. That's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, no, definitely the one that uh, seems to be the outlier there. Yeah. But 
Um, we can move on to, I guess we're going to hit another Kentucky guard here um, who, so we'll read the question. I acquired quickly three weeks before the trade, like, Good job. Uh, who are the next yes. breakout candidates? So, Rhett, I just real quick. So, I'm wearing my Emmanuel Quickly Knicks shirt today. I love that. I got this. Uh, let's see. So, my wife and I went to New York for Christmas just a few days before. Uh-huh. So, I got it then. <laughs> this lasted like a week and a half before he got traded, which is you know tends to happen to me where I I get players shirts or jerseys and they get traded pretty quickly after i got a cam reddish hawks jersey about a month before he got traded so this was my uh new record for getting a shirt and so if you anybody if you ever want anybody off your team just let me know i'll, I'll get a jersey yeah no but, <laughs> you can see i've got uh fultz magic which won't be a yeah. thing Dejounte mary spurs which won't be a thing uh paul george somewhere somewhere, somewhere yeah this is the right one yeah <laughs> paul george it. pacers and then uh trey murphy uh, as a as a Pelicans jersey, which is not going to be a thing. He's going to be a Pacer here soon. Uh, I'm going to speak it into existence. So if you want to get yeah. a Trey Murphy jersey, I would really appreciate that, it. That'll help you out. <laughs> and you already got the uh, Anthony Edwards five. I see. I have uh-huh. an Anthony Edwards one. So if players, yeah. this is also yeah. Players change their number after I. Uh, that's great too. But um, My where do you break out? Boy, first actually, where do you have quickly now after the trade? Because he's a guy that I really liked like his talent i was kind of on board with hey he's really good but as long as he's in new york and he's the sixth man like his his upside's kind of capped uh and now that he is kind of the point guard of his own team it's not quite the tyrese maxi breakout but he's another kentucky guard that played alongside maxi that's quick and can shoot where do you have him ranked now I have quickly right near Tyler Hero, actually. Uh, okay. They're a couple spots separated, same tier um, along the lines of guys like Austin Reeves, Jalen Suggs, uh, Kobe White, actually, in the same tier, and uh, Jordan Poole as well. So there's a, there's a player type firmly yeah, there we in, go. That, in that group uh, <laughs> that I, I have such a hard time trying to evaluate. But no, um, I, I th- before quickly was traded, I kind of priced in that he would be just because it just seemed logical, right? It's like, are you going to play quickly and Brunson together? No. Are you going to trade for a star? Yes. It's like, what is going to happen with that? And the same thing kind of with RJ Barrett um, had him in there. Uh, So I have quickly in that same group. Where do you have him? I have him at 61. So Mm, I guess about a round, a little over a round behind Hero and Simons. I have right above him, Anyeka Kongwu and Trey Murphy, and right below Mm -hmm. him, Brandon Miller and Asar Thompson. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I I thought about bumping quickly up another tier, but I don't know. Like I've got, I've got guys like Fred Van Vliet, Jimmy Butler, LeBron, Claxton, Lively, Mark Williams, Siak. Like those are all guys that are in that other tier. And I just don't think quickly is there. You could argue whether Simons is, or you could argue whether OG is like Keegan Murray. You could probably push some of those guys out and put quickly up there if you wanted to. But I, was worried about the playoffs last year. Um, I, I think that that was notable. He's young, so obviously uh, you could project some improvement in there. But he's twenty four and a half. Like he's not. I don't think he's as young as some people are making him out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, same same age as Simons and Hero. Like that. So I don't know. I have a hard time uh, trying to get too far ahead of guys like that because I feel like. Once you start getting into that top 60, top 50 range, you better be a lock, locked in asset because that 
that just gets you can get in some dangerous territory trading guys uh, in that range for a player who has not yet proven to be there. Yeah, that's fair. That's why I have him right at 61, right outside that top 60 threshold. Um, but is there any other breakout candidates that you have been kind of eyeing without, I guess, showing all your cards? Um, I guess guys that you like their talent, but haven't been shown the opportunity kind of thing. I mean, we already kind of know one with Trey Murphy. I'm assuming he's pretty much at the top of your list. Yeah, I think Murphy is one. Uh, he, I mean, he has been all season. He's kind of underwhelmed, actually. Um, I'm still incredibly high on, uh, you know, guys like, uh, let's see, I've got Amin and Asar both in my top 40, which maybe is too high, but I just think their fantasy games are just going to be absolutely insane. Um, I think as far as guys who are like kind of off the radar and I haven't gone through to see how I differ in these guys from everybody else. So maybe I'm not. Uh, breaking new ground, but uh, Taylor Hendricks needs to be on everybody's target list, which may be, be a little bit difficult. Um, I still think that a guy like, um, uh, where'd he go? I think Jaden Ivy is, should be higher than most people have him as far as an evaluation goes. Um, and then I, I can't quit Pat will. I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but like, I'm sorry. Uh, he, they're just, those are players that every team is looking for that size and that kind of skill set. And so I'll just, I'll go down with the ship on those. Yeah. I mean, he, anybody that gets Kawhi comparisons should, I guess, be, even though I've never not once Kawhi, made that. That's good. Comparison. That's good. Um, that's a, yeah, that would be a, an unfair, I guess. That's the other thing is calling somebody Kawhi Leonard directly out of the draft is not exactly the most fair comparison for their career. Because then they'll be seen as a bust pretty much no matter what they do. Um, I'll give here's a guy that I really liked. He's actually been able to play a little bit more recently, which I think is kind of why I like him. Vince Williams in Memphis. He, yep. uh, I think I was I was on uh, the RotoWire pod with uh, Doctor A earlier and was talking about him playing like getting more minutes because Jaws out, and uh, it's probably because he's a lefty that's a good defender that also wears number five. But I really like think he's Memphis is Herb Jones and I think he's going to play a lot of minutes this year now with Gile and then could be kind of their starting small forward moving forward so I really like him and I think this is kind of a buy opportunity like this moment right now is a buy opportunity because the next few games his value is probably gonna skyrocket which is going to be hard to get him I'm trying to see if I can find another guy so while you're looking, uh, I think Vince Williams is one of the perfect candidates for a guy who is a buy and a sell at the same time, <laughs> which makes which makes sure. him such an interesting target for people because everybody knows that Ja is out for the season, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, obviously, there's like, oh man, he's going to get so much opportunity, and then the people who have him are like, man, maybe I can sell high and assume that his role goes away when Ja comes back, so it is a short term deal. I think both can be true. And so it's yeah. just about finding that right, that right balance of what, it, what your team is trying to do this year and moving forward to know whether or not you should be buying or selling. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I think it just depends on how your league mates view him. Um, I'll give one more and I'm definitely going to want your insight on this because it's your own Indiana Pacer, uh, Isaiah Jackson, who I think has had some really good games recently. Do you think that he's just going to continue to be Miles Turner back, Miles Turner's backup for the rest of this season, or potentially like years down the road? Or do you think there's a chance that he's traded at the deadline? 
Uh, all right. So let me let me peel back the curtain a little bit on the Pacers situation. <laughs> so uh so Isaiah Jackson this summer will be a will be extension eligible, I believe. And so that uh that has to be taken into consideration a little bit. The other part of it though is that Jalen Smith has a player option this summer. And so I don't know if anybody has been paying attention to Jalen Smith, but he has been playing pretty darn well and is currently starting and doing way better than he did to start last year when he was starting, which was atrocious and I hated every second of it. But he has a $5.4 million player option. And Noah, as an outside observer, I don't know how much you paid attention to him. Do you think Jalen Smith has been playing at a value that exceeds $5.4 million for next year? I would say that exceeds $5.4 million. Yes, but I don't know about how much more, but I think also in my mind, I think Jalen Smith stinks, but he has been playing fair. better. That's fair. Yes. So that all of that to say, they're going to, they're going to like actively either be forced to pick Isaiah Jackson this summer or they're going to pick Isaiah Jackson this summer <laughs> because if Jalen Smith declines that player option, obviously the Pacers can retain him, but mm-hmm. there's a decision coming up that I don't think a lot of people are giving time because why would you, it's the Pacers backup center. Like it's, I get it, yeah. but I think Isaiah Jackson is a great shout for this because he is in a position where it's currently a little bit muddled because there is some sort of timeshare, but his fantasy game can be just insane in not very many minutes. Like he could play yeah. 25 minutes a game and be absurd because he's right now at 158 and nine cat in 14 minutes a game. It's on the back of 1.2 blocks and elite field goal percentage, but he can, he can be very, very good as a, as just an overall big man plus some steals without killing your free throw percentage. And so I think that's a great call. Yeah. I think he's pretty similar to the like Anyeka Kongu. I think, Akangu was like 74th last year in like yeah. 21 minutes per game. So I think it's kind of like that. Do you think yeah. one last Pacers question? Do you think that there's a chance that Miles Turner is traded at this point? Or do you think it's kind of he's locked in now that they're actually like a good team and gonna be a playoff team that Miles Turner's there, or that Isaiah Jackson has a chance to be Tyrese Halliburton's pick and roll partner for a decade? Yeah, that's that's something that a lot I know I've talked with a lot of uh of I don't want to say Pacers people. Like I talked to the organization, but people that talk around the Pacers right for the Pacers, I guess. I think miles is fairly locked in for this year, but if his contract, I I don't know. I don't know if he's like a lock to be the long-term center, especially with the con like the contract that it seems like centers are getting now. Miles could push up into like the 25 to 27 million after this contract when he's turning like 28, and I don't know how excited I would be to pay that sort of contract to a big, but Miles has also been awesome with Halliburton. So I don't know. And there aren't very many players who can do what Miles can do on both ends, <laughs> even if he does leave some to be desired elsewhere. I think he's going to stay where he is, but I don't think it's out of the question to see Miles traded for, uh, you know, maybe to disperse that. Uh, that money into other positions and have a guy like Isaiah Jackson or Jalen Smith for half of the money um, and just let it, let that kind of be a center by committee. Yeah. Well, I think 
We like Isaiah Jackson's upside. We'll see if that situation works out. We'll keep moving. Shaden Sharp's perception is very divided in the industry. An excellent window to sell high question mark. Rhett, where do you have Sharp ranked? I have Sharp. Um, I don't want to, I don't know about pretty high. Uh, he's in the same tier as Simons, actually. He, he's right now at 59, uh, somewhere 57 to 71 in there. And the reason for that for me is efficient scoring as a young player um, is something that I value like a young, young player, like just turned 20 years old, not mm-hmm. quite even 21 yet young player. Um, I think that obviously he's not really done that this year, but he's shown flashes of being able to score efficiently. And so I think I'm, I'm kind of banking on that. His athleticism is insane. Uh, and I think that that just like, even before he does anything, he already has an advantage with the ball in his hands or not. And I think that that makes life way easier. And I think getting guys like Simons and Scoot to take, to like spread that pressure out helps. I could definitely see an argument that Sharp is too high. I would, I would get that, but I think his fantasy game should be so well-rounded once he actually gets into his prime that uh, having him up towards the sixties kind of makes some sense. Yeah. I have him at 84 and I think I struggle with having him right in the middle of, is he going to be a Tyler hero, Anthony Simons? Yeah. You know, that kind of upside, or is he going to be RJ Barrett and Kelvin mm. Johnson? Like what's he going to be? Is he going to be just a scorer? And, you know, maybe, I mean, I know RJ is not an efficient scorer, poor free throw shooter as well. Like, is he going to be kind of on that side of being a scorer or is he going to be able to do enough in other categories to be able to provide well-rounded value or just kind of a points guy? I think my dynasty rankings are very tailored to category leagues. I don't have like points league specific one, but he'd obviously have more value in a points league because we've already seen him score at a ridiculous rate um, at times in stretches. But, you know, he's averaging five boards, three assists, two threes, almost a steal per game this year. Like that's decent around the, like across the board, I think that's why I have him a little bit lower than Simons and Tyler Hero, uh, but obviously significantly higher than an RJ. But I think he's kind of in the middle there for me. Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. And I think that, that it all comes down to philosophy for a guy like Sharp because he is almost entirely projection at this point. Mm-hmm. And where you think that projection ends up on top of how you value the current production you're sacrificing while you wait for that projection is going to completely change the lens with which you look at sharp, because I could see an argument for him being closer to the 100 mark than the 50 mark, because you just don't like, yeah, you know, what am I, what am I getting from him over the next two years while he figures it out? Like we're still waiting on RJ Barrett to figure it out. I'm still waiting (laughs) on it, but I know that some people are completely (laughs) over it. So. Yeah. I don't, I'm not doing much more waiting on, uh, on RJ Barrett, but I don't, that, other part of this question was, is this an excellent window to sell high? I don't think that that is like what you should be doing with sharp at this point. I don't think you should be selling high. I think, I don't know. Maybe you disagree, but I think that depends on how high time to sell. Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. If somebody really likes them and is offering you seven firsts. I think it's kind of hard to say no, but I, yeah, think I mean, that, yeah. if, if, if I could sell sharp for a Brandon Miller or a Jabari Smith or a Jalen Duran or guys like that, yeah, I'm I'm probably just going to go ahead and do that. Like if I could yeah. add a little bit and get a Thompson twin or a Vassell or a Franz, Jalen Johnson, like guys like that. Yeah, I would do it, but I'm not going to sell sharp for like a, 
or an Emmanuel quickly. I think I, I don't think I would do that at the moment. Um, I I would get it depending on where your team is at, but I just don't. I don't think that that's uh, that's really the move at the moment. But again, it comes down to what the deal is, where your team's at. Yeah. All right. Do you think that it's possible to be in quote unquote win now mode with Dame while punting assists or should I try to ship him for someone else? If so, who should I target? And then there's a second part to this. I also need more threes and shooting guard and small forward. Do you think that I should target someone with a trade or rather look to stream threes every week from the waiver wire? Who is a good target and punt assist build in this case? Um, kind of a loaded question here. I guess we'll start with the beginning. Is it possible to be in win now while with Dame while punting assists, or is there somebody else that you'd prefer, I guess, potentially that's at shooting guard or small forward um, that would be better for a punt assist build? I mean, punting assists with Dame isn't ideal, but he's so good at points, threes, and free throw percentage that I could see it working. Assists are so hard to get, so I, I would understand mm-hmm. pivoting to uh, a punt assist, but I'm not sure who you're going to trade Dame for that's going to be more helpful for you without taking a pretty considerable hit in something else that's important. If your team needs threes and you're bad at assists, then I'm not, I think that that gets into a, a, a broader question about what, how your team is built, which is not a knock at all. Like it, it happens, but um, I'm not really sure who else I would target in that case, unless it's like a Lori marketing where you're getting a comparable level of threes at a different position, but better efficiency, lower turnovers to compensate for the lost assists. Just looking like guys that I have not like similarly ranked, but do you think, um, cause I have Dame at 34 in my dynasty ranks and I have Desmond Bain at 28. Do you think, I mean, like, I think that's a pretty easy yes, but I would also probably attach something with Dame to get Desmond Bain it. Cause I think that kind of fits that mold. Yeah, I think that I think that makes some sense. I think uh, J Dub is also a pretty good target for that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking, that doesn't help your threes at all. Um, but I think if I'm going to be moving Dame for a punt assist, I would try to find somebody who's good at both percentages, depending on how your team is built, and not worry about the threes as much. If you're struggling with threes with Dame, I have a very hard time believing you're ever going to get you're going to get back to a, a reasonable amount. You didn't mention your league size as well, so that could change it. If yeah. you're streaming in a 12 team, you could probably get your threes up there a little bit, but in a dynasty league, I'm also not sure how uh how available your waiver wire is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so we'll move on because we'll, I think we have a few more to hit and we're running short on time, but just sticking with the theme of J-Dub, what do you guys think about J-Dub? And how high do you guys think his peak can be in a standard points league? And where do you rank him in Dynasty? Rhett, I'll let you start with his Dynasty rank. And if you want to mention how you feel about him in points leagues, feel free. Yeah, Jalen Williams, I've got him in a group from 30 to 40. Um, I think that that is probably category leagues because he's a very favorable nine cat player. I don't know how well he's going to do in points leagues unless his steals get back to that absurd level. Um, I know in standard points leagues, just being good across the board isn't really that good. Uh, shout yeah. out to Tobias, Tobias Harris. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I could see J-Dub being a multi-time all-star. I think he's got the perfect kind of game to just win basketball games across a variety of different ways. And that just typically leads to like, uh, I I know I've seen some, I think, I don't know if it was Matt or somebody else had Jimmy Butler as kind of like a 
high end sort of out realistic outcome. I think Jalen Brown is right there, just a more efficient Jalen Brown, which is a, a really freaking good. Yeah. Player. <laughs> yeah. I have him at 35th. So like that pretty much yeah. lines up with where you have him. And I think I agree with the idea of like points leagues. I don't play in as many points leagues, but um, 18.2 points per game this year, 3.9 boards, 4.1 assists, 1.1 steals, which have been kind of trending up. Um, the efficiency is really like a big part of his, game and like just being efficient from the floor. I mean, not yep. many wings are going to shoot 54% from the floor. Like it's hard to find. So yep. that and the seals is really what does it, which is kind of, I don't know in points leagues. It's more about the scoring obviously, but it's not bad as a scorer, but it's not quite um, where you're getting the majority of his value. I think the thing for him, watch OKC games, watch how they use him where and how he does him going right at Jason Tatum to close out that game the other the other <laughs> night and just bumping Jason Tatum off of his spot and finishing a like and just making a pull up mid-ranger with SGA on the court like he's Crazy. he is legit and uh I think the game is going to follow even if he may not ever get up to into like the top 20 of dynasty rankings or per game rankings I think he's he's a very legit piece yeah and we got a follow-up on the, um, I guess this was the Dame move, 12-team keeper dynasty, just 160 players roster, so that does help with the waiver wire. Um, Donovan Mitchell for Dame, I would absolutely trade, whether it's keeper or dynasty or redraft, yeah. I think I would trade Dame to get Donovan Mitchell. So I, I like that if you're able to do it. Yeah, I think that's a fairly reasonable target. Uh, like you said, the, with the threes efficiency and the steals, um, you still get some assists in there, but it's not like you're looking to be allergic to a certain stat just because you're trying to punt it. Um, I'd be curious what your options are to add to Dame because there's zero chance I'm sending Donovan Mitchell for Dame straight up <laughs> if, I, if I have Mitchell. But hey, if you can pull it off, more power to you. Yeah. All right. Do you think Reef will stick around in the league? That's Duop Reef. Uh, unless I'm actually I haven't looked up to see how his name is pronounced. So hopefully I'm not saying that too wrong, but pretty old, but advanced stats seem to really like him. He has the size and he has the shooting. I've liked what I've seen. How do you feel about him? I have a really hard time with guys that come out of nowhere are old and are on bad teams. Like, I, I don't know how he's, he's going to turn 28 in June. Uh, he's had, this is his only NBA season. Um, I think he's worthwhile. I think he's definitely worth worth having, especially because Portland seems to like him and Aiton is obviously going to be hurt. So we're getting a pretty darn good sample size. But it's also, I don't know how much to really put into it. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know where I have him in my dynasty rank. He's pretty firmly outside the top 200, I would say. Um, so that, that kind of gets into a wide range of players. I think if I have him, I would hold unless I'm going to get a, a legitimate dynasty asset back. Yeah, and I just looked it up. It's Duopreth. No, there's no reason to emphasize the ooh. Uh, it's just Duopreth. And I have him 249. Um, I think partially a little biased because I was able to get him. And uh, I think that was your weekly pun intended league that I was able to – I guess it's weekly round ball uh, rhetoric league now, not puns intended. But um, so I'm a little – I like him a little bit more, but – yeah, being almost like 27 and a half, almost 28, definitely uh, lowers his value, even if he has played pretty well. Uh, we're going to go to a trade evaluation right here. Uh, Dynasty points trade, Darius Garland, Mikhail Bridges, Bam. And I'm 
guessing that that is a 2025 first that is probably top two. I'm thinking it's translating weird into the uh, because could be of, a username there as well for the team that it's from. Uh, potentially, on. potentially. And then for Tyrese Maxey, J Dub, and Claxton, how are you feeling about that? Garland side without a second thought. Yeah, no, I think so. Especially that's a top two pick in 2025. I believe that's supposed to be um, what's the guy's name? The uh, yep. Uh, oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. <laughs> Both of us messing I, this up is not ideal. Uh, wow! Holy cow! I think you took the idea from me, and now it's just like sitting up. <laughs> um, well, while you're looking it up, I'll say Cooper think, Flag. Cooper Flag. See, <laughs> I was like, why am I thinking Colin Jackson? That's not it. Um, Garland and Maxi are comparable. Maxi's ahead of Garland, of course. J Dub and Bam are comparable to me. Mikhail Bridges and Claxton are not comparable to me. And then you get a first on top of that. So I would much rather have the the comparable assets and the top two pick in a very stacked draft. I can see an argument if you're uh, winning right now because Garland is obviously very hurt, but I do not think you should have to add that much of a pick to get uh, to get those guys if you are indeed the side that's sending the the Garland and the pick. Yeah, I agree, especially because it is a points league. I think that that kind of makes it pretty easily. Like, Mikhail Bridges is going to be better in a points league than Jalen Williams. Like, I wouldn't agree in category, but I think in points league, I'd go Mikhail and Bam easily over Jadev and Claxton. And then Garland Max is pretty comparable. And the pick, yeah, I agree with that. Um, is a Trey Murphy breakout just going to have to wait until next season? Probably. They've got so many guys like, and I think it depends on what you're waiting for him to break out if with, right. Are you waiting for him to be a superstar? That's going to have to wait because he's just not going to get the amount of shots. Are you looking for him to just be Michael Porter jr. But a little bit better that can happen towards the tail end of this year. Now that he's healthy on the year, he's only played 26 minutes a game and he's still inside the top 100. He's a 33, 35 minute a night player on every other team in the league. He just can't play that much because the Pelicans have to try to figure out a way to get Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels and Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson and uh, Jose Alvarado and CJ McCollum. And like, they've got so many guys that it's still time to buy Trey Murphy because he's a guy who is going to be favorable in nine cat because he doesn't turn the ball over, but high level spacing with good rebounding and efficient scoring with decent steals and blocks is going to have insane value when he gets up to the minutes that he should be getting. And then when we get the, uh, at the trade deadline, the buddy healed and picks for Trey Murphy trade. What happens then? Look, man, it, you see what buddy <laughs> Heald is doing with, with Tyrese Halliburton. What do you think? What do you think Trey Murphy's going to do? And then they get their, uh, their nice spacing veteran to help them make a playoff push. I think we can probably sell them on buddy Heald to make that happen. I mean, if you want to give him a call, it would be more than happy to, listen <laughs> to back you up. Um, all right, another one from Trevor Brown. How do we evaluate Kobe White, uh, who I think you said you – I think you have him ranked higher than I did. I have him right at 99. I don't remember where you said yeah, you had him ranked. That's that's around the same range. Okay. I think a little bit higher than that, uh, up into the high 80s. Okay. Yeah, I, I think – my opinion is that he's playing really well and what has been a pretty good opportunity for him. But even as the opportunity has been less ideal, like Zach Levine's back played 36 minutes uh, last night, but Kobe white still led the team in scoring with 27 points. I think he's legit and here to stay. Um, but 
the production has been around top hundred value. So it's like, I think this is his breakout. Like this is what he is now. Like he is a top hundred asset and that's probably as high as he's going to go. Um, but he's still young. So he can do this for a really long time. Yeah. I think it's funny when you start looking at this, cause it's like, okay, you've got Anthony Simons, you've got Kobe white, you've got Collins. <laughs> like, what are the differences? It's not Charmander to Charizard. It's like different levels. It's like different kinds yeah. of things uh, of the same kind of flavor. I think that Kobe white is good. I think it's it's awesome that he broke out the way that he did. I think I would hesitate to count on him as a lead guard moving forward, even though he's doing it this year. He's doing it for the Bulls. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I need to change my rankings because of it, because I just I don't know how much I believe in that as a long term thing, but he's he's worth having for sure. Yeah, I think he kind of fits that mold of you know, I don't think I'd want to have him as a starter if I'm trying to build a team moving forward, but he's playing well as a starter. Yeah. So what does his role look like in yeah. a few years? And it is it different if he's playing on a team that's good? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the him being on that team, locked into that contract, is kind of nice. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. But I don't know. He's He's an interesting one. It's nice to see him score at this level. Uh, with this kind of defensive attention without Zach Levine. So you can at least bank on that being there. Uh, it's just the scale of whether it's going to uh, progress forward at the same rate, or if he's going to regress into more of a six man or sharing the ball kind of a guy's kind of comes down to you. Yeah. And we'll wrap up with one more quick question uh, from dynasty legend himself at DBC Jason on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer. The people are saying that Brandon Pajemski is breaking out with Chris Paul's injury slash a trade. I love um, that yeah, Jason, Jason's talking about himself in the third person with the people there. <laughs> um, I, I love it. No, I think that that's the biggest breakout is that Steve Kerr seems to trust him. Like that's the, that's the whole deal. Like Steve, Steve Kerr is willing to play him. Um, I, I think that it's, it's very likely that he ends up having a sort of breakout season uh, breakout, breakout second half of the season, I suppose. Yeah. Especially because I'm not sure the Warriors can make any sort of trade that actually makes them significantly better. And if they do, it's not going to be at the guard positions, right? Like it, it, it could very well be Steph Curry, Pods, insert player, insert player, insert player. Like I think that those two were probably would probably be your best bets. Uh, Clay is probably in there too. But regardless, I just think. Uh, a breakout after a Chris Paul injury is absolutely in the cards, Jason, even though uh, I know that you single-handedly are pushing this agenda. <laughs> Where do you have uh, pods ranked? I think I have them in the uh, hundreds. I have them at 90 right now, uh, which okay. is a range, which is a range from 88 to 104. I think a guy like him who can just do a little bit of everything is a guy that I would want to get in early on. Because once it starts happening, it's going to be impossible to get him. Yeah, and I have him at 87. I've really liked what he's already done, what he's gotten the yep. opportunity this season, and it should just be even more of an opportunity that lasts longer uh, with Chris Paul out of the lineup for however long he's out. So, yep. sweet. Rhett, that's going to do it uh, for this first Q&A. Hopefully we can keep doing these maybe once a month or so uh, to be able to answer some 
dynasty questions for everyone that's interested. But Brett, before we go, is there anything that you have exciting coming up um, on your page or anywhere we can check out your work? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer. You can see there on the screen. Uh, if you are interested in my Patreon, it's linked in my bio, I think. It's also on Twitter at bball underscore rhetoric with two T's because that's my name. Uh, I, I like to think that I'm funny and smart in that way. Uh, but if, you, uh, if you're interested in any of my Dynasty stuff, I have uh, 450-ish players. I've got rookie rankings. I've got uh, Dynasty Pyramid, which does tiers all stacked together for players of equal trade value down to a list, down to separated out into different ages and stuff. It's a lot of it's a lot of cool stuff. So check it out. Um, very interested to hear your thoughts on all of that. And I'm working on something pretty big that is taking me forever because it is. I, I keep trying to make it bigger than what it is. So just be on the lookout for that. It's gonna be it's gonna be some fun stuff. Be on the lookout. Rhett always does awesome work. And I know I'm excited to check it all out. And this mystery project, I'm sure, will uh, will be exciting. So I'm excited to see what that is. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Tank Me Later podcast. Um, make sure you said follow at Rhett underscore Bauer on Twitter or X, where you prefer. At NoRubin22 is where you can find me at FBI Basketball. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. And we will see you next time.